here we go. Hi, everyone. Sean from MRC Tech here using this podcast and Twitch as a platform to reflect on the past couple of weeks. There are not enough words to describe what has transpired in the, ba- in the past two weeks. There are not enough words to fix or even come to understand the amount of hurt that is happening in the country to our black community. Some of you may not like what I have to say, and if that makes you uncomfortable, then I implore you to open your eyes and see what is happening right in front of you. Don't leave. Leaving means you don't want to listen, and that is not okay. The time for silence is over. I am guilty of not standing up for my friends. I am guilty for being dismissive of the cause because it does not affect me directly. But do you want to know the truth? That is a lazy attitude and a poor way to look at the global issue that the world and not just the United States is facing. Black lives do matter. I've opened my mind to listening in on the cause, and what I have learned is head-shaking. It's anger-inducing. And am I the cause of it? Maybe indirectly, but I won't stand for it anymore. I will speak up. I will try to push change. I am in no means an expert in the political landscape, but I hope that my little contribution to the cause can help push it down the river of change, because change is coming. I'd like to take you on a journey through my experience and where I stood before George Floyd was murdered. I grew up in a very inclusive household. My mother is a saint, often taking care of her brothers and sisters, especially when her mother died at 42 and her father was unstable to be a parent. She was the recreation director at Longcrest Rec Center in Philadelphia, and that is my earliest memory of a diverse culture. She ran a summer camp, a pool, and many programs that included all people in all walks of life. In fact, she had a slogan, something she preached every day, peace, people enjoying a comfortable experience, peace. Not whites enjoying a comfortable experience, not blacks enjoying a comfortable experience, but people. People enjoying a comfortable experience. I grew up in that culture, a peaceful culture. On the other side, though, I had experiences that were racist. Specifically, family I would visit on a yearly basis, so I was exposed to both. I did not have any black friends in grade school. I did not have any black friends in high school. I did not have any black friends on my sports teams. I played baseball and ice hockey. Until college, nearly 19 years into my life, is when I made my first black friend. Someone I lived with. Someone I related to. Someone who is just awesome. We had a strong core of a friendship, and it was built upon a random encounter. Looking for roommates to fill out a suite during our sophomore year of college. Our core of friends lived with each other each year until we graduated. We stuck together. We had our best times together, and we experienced our worst times together. We produced a terrible office and lost parody. You can find this on YouTube. I implore you to. It's terrible. We watched movies. 
We laughed. We went out to dinner. For all intents and purposes, it was normal. Let's fast forward, though. My black friend was in my wedding as part of my groomsman. He held my first baby. I helped him move into his apartment with his fiancée and now wife. I was at his wedding. I still talk to him today. But what really hit me, really hit me, was how uncomfortable I felt when the country erupted in peaceful protests, riots, and looting because I did not know how to approach my friend on the topic. My 12-plus-year relationship, my friendship with him. I had no idea what to say. And I found a problem with that. I started looking into my experience. I've had an easy life. I've worked hard. I've had a steady job. Things have come easy to me. But has it always been fair? I don't know. I still have much to learn on the topic. But what I can say is enough is enough. Black lives matter. The cause needs this attention to enact real change, not pretend change, in the broken system. The system is broken. I hope you can see it in your heart to enact change because we need to get to peace. People enjoying a comfortable experience for our black community. Don't stay silent. Don't be dismissive. Be active. Listen. Learn. And make a difference. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome to the Unknown Regions, where a Star Wars-focused podcast brings you a variety of different content, such as the latest news, film, novel, and comic reviews, and connections with the people in the galaxy. This podcast aims to deliver fresh content to your comm link from the Holonet. This is Star Wars by MRC Tech. Episode 22, everyone, and welcome back to Star Wars by the MRC Tech. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you as we travel through the unknown regions. We're recording on June 8th, 2020, and let's cover the agenda on episode 22. And it's going to be a normal, giant-sized episode as Philadelphia and the surrounding counties have officially gone to yellow phase, which means that, no, you should not be outside but you can now travel to some businesses some people will be going back to work i imagine that all of those listeners will be listening to star wars by mrc tech in their cars so we're back at a normal length of episode so i'll thank you so much 
for indulging the bite-sized tiny little pieces of episode that I was putting out. And maybe that was a little different for you. Maybe you didn't like it. I didn't really get any feedback on it, but we're back to the regular schedule. So on episode 22, we will have a few segments. We're going to start off as we always do with our hyperspace spot. We're going to talk High Republic release dates. Galaxy's Edge brought to you by ILM, by Lab or XLab. We're going to look at a book preview with Thrawn, Ascendancy, I think it's called. Are there stormtroopers patrolling Disney Springs, checking for social distancing? I guess we'll find out. And is Ezra Bridger coming to live action TV shows? Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. You never know what will happen. Moving on in the episode, as we travel into the galaxy, I'm going to talk about my current read, which is a book called A Crash of Fate, and we will review the entire series of Vader Immortal, in which I just finished. So, with that being said, I hope you enjoy the juicy content in episode 22. If you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast through donations using PayPal. Support the show so we can maintain equipment and bring even better content to you. Head on over to mrctechllc.com for more information. And if you like game streams like the one you might be watching now, shout out to DaveGT52, Gingerbread Beauty, Ginger Slayer, Killacam, and our friend uh, Flight by Sensei with the raid earlier for coming on out. Appreciate you. Uh, and thank you. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash mrctech. It'll be a musicless stream forever. So I hope you enjoy Dead Silence. Uh, make sure you follow the channel, like the page, join the chat, and have fun. Don't forget to have fun. And if you think the beginning of this episode uh, was forced, it's not. Enough is enough. Black Lives Matter. And thank you for listening to Star Wars by MRC Tech. Without further ado, let's get on with our hyperspace spot. Ready? Punch it. We've got a lot of news to cover. It has been a couple weeks since we podcasted, so there's going to be a mix of news from the previous week and a mix of news from the current week. Let's start off with Star Wars The High Republic. Huge undertaking, if you remember the podcast from a few months ago. We followed it live on Twitch for three hours. All the juicy details. Well, just like anything else, it has been delayed. Both Charles Soule's adult novel, Star Wars The High Republic, Led of the Jedi, and Justina Ireland's middle-grade novel, Star Wars The High Republic, A Test of Carriage, will both now release on January 5th, 2021. Claudia Gray's young adult novel, Star Wars The High Republic, Into the Dark, has moved to a new release date of February 2, 2021. Overall, is this a bad move? No, it's not a bad move. You know why? Because The Mandalorian Season 2 comes out in October. And if that goes eight weeks, October to November, get you into December, nice transition into the High Republic. I see no problem with the delay. I'm still going to get all of these books. It happens. 
If you need a little reminder about the High Republic, Star Wars The High Republic is set in an era when the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order are at their zenith. Roughly 200 years before the events of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, this period on the Star Wars timeline will not overlap any filmed or planned Star Wars movies or series, giving creators a blank canvas and a vast amount of creative room. And I think that is what I'm most excited for, is that we're going to have very little interaction with our main story. Maybe Yoda, maybe Chewbacca, because Chewbacca is older than 200 years, and Yoda is certainly older than 200 years. There's a possibility that we get something like that, but that is conjecture, and we don't know. It's nothing confirmed. But yeah, that's good stuff. Very exciting news coming out of Star Wars land. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, a new VR experience coming later this year. And later on in this episode, we'll have a full review of Vader Immortal. The upcoming action-adventure title from ILM by XLab will connect to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I still have to put together a video of my time at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge way back in December. I just haven't done it yet. What am I waiting for? i got to get on it. But today... X-Lab, Lucasfilm's award-winning immersive entertainment studio, announced that it is developing Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, a new action-adventure virtual reality experience in collaboration with Oculus Studios. Coming later this year, the experience connects to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the epic new land at Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World. Quote, we are so excited for fans to step into Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge later this year, said Ricky Dobbs Beck executive in charge. The action-packed adventure not only speaks to the promise of connected and complementary experiences by extending the lore around Black Spire Outpost, it represents another meaningful step in ILM X-Lab's quest to transition from storytelling, one-way communication, to story living, where you're inside a world making consequential choices that drive your experience forward. Tales from Galaxy's Edge takes place between Star Wars The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker and is set on the outskirts of Batu's Black Spire outpost of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, it will give the players the opportunity to live their own adventure and explore part of the galaxy far, far away in VR. The original story will feature both new and iconic characters from the Star Wars Galaxy with multiple styles of gameplay and difficulty settings to accommodate a wide variety of players. From Star Wars fans to VR gamers alike, check out the official logo and concept art by Chris Voy from the experience below. Sounds like I'm going to need to bring back the death counter if there's a difficulty level to this, so that's just wonderful. Moving on, on May 29th, Star Wars Books, we're pleased to announce that the Thrawn Ascendancy Trilogy by Timothy Zahn will begin one month early. So not a delay, but a push forward. Chaos Rising will be on sale September 1st. Yes, once again, the audiobook will be narrated by the legendary Mark Thompson, and here's a sneak peek. For thousands of years, it has been an island of calm within the chaos. It is a center of power, a model of stability, and a beacon of integrity. The nine ruling families guard it from within. The expansionary defense fleet guards it from without. Its neighbors are left in peace. Its enemies are left in ruin. It is light and culture and glory. It is my home. 
the only home I have ever known. It is the Chiss Ascendancy. Super good, super good. For thousands of years. It started over, no big deal. We do this live, we do it raw, it's just what it is. So, Thrawn Ascendancy is a prequel to the Thrawn novels that have come out uh, by Timothy Zahn. However, I believe, and I think, and I don't know for certain, uh, Timothy Zahn wrote a series of books called Heir of the Empire, Heir to the Empire, which was wildly popular in Legends, and I've never read them. I've never read them. But I believe these are adapted stories from the Legends stories to the new Disney canon. I don't know if it's a word-for-word word or if a mirror-for-mirror, mirror, but it's fine. I can't wait to read the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. I'm so excited for it because I love me some Thrawn. I love the way Timothy Zahn writes. Looking forward to it. Uh, a quick story about Disney Springs. Uh, allegedly, two weeks ago, with social distancing orders in place for Disney Springs as it was reopening, Star Wars placed several stormtroopers on high, you know, second-level areas to monitor social distancing, and they would actually call you out on it, allegedly. You'd have to look at the YouTube videos. And that's fantastic. I love the fact that stormtroopers are calling you out for social distancing, so God bless. Finally, in our hyperspace spot news, we're going to talk about a potential, a rumor, something that may or may not happen, but we have the possibility that a new Ezra Bridger live-action casting search details were revealed, and this was reported by Pete Hernandez on TheDirect.com. And here is the report in an exclusive from the Illuminerdy. New details have come to light regarding Ezra Bridger's jump to live action, as well as the specifics in regards to what the studio is looking for in his casting. The lead of Star Wars Rebels, Ezra Bridger, Bridger is indeed coming to live action. The ongoing casting search is focused on finding a male between the ages of 30 to 40 they are looking for an actor of color, specifically performers of Asian descent. However, they are open to Indian, Latino, or Middle Eastern actors as well. Additionally, we know that Ezra Bridger's casting is for a Disney Plus debut. While we were assured that it was not for The Mandalorian. How true is it? We'll never know until it actually happens and it becomes official. But again, Disney is pushing forward with these Disney Plus shows as we sort of predicted many, many, many moons ago uh, but lots of great news coming down the pipeline i hope you sort of enjoyed it and uh as i repeat the theme of this episode at the end of each segment we're going to say enough is enough black lives do matter make sure you know that make sure you know that and that has been your hyperspace spot for episode 22 Like the ancient Jedi of old and lost long ago, Star Wars is full of mysterious secrets, and this can only be found in the galaxy.
as we make our way in the galaxy for episode 22. And I hope you enjoyed that new intro because we nailed it. We're going to be talking about a couple different things. Again, this is a variety segment. I'm not really sure what's going to be in here every so often. And that's why it's a myst- It's a mystery. It's very mysterious as to what we're deciding to do. So I haven't had a lot of time to read between virtual teaching, taking care of the kids at home, balancing work, wife, and life. I've tried my best to keep up with some content, with some books. You would think that being in quarantine for nine-plus weeks that you'd have a lot of time to read, and it turns out you don't. Uh, But I have been making my way through this book. I started it. Well, I started it before the Rise of Skywalker novel came out. And then I stopped because the Rise of Skywalker novel came out. And then the Rise of Skywalker Jr. novel came out. So I read that. And then I finally picked this this sucker back up. And I will tell you that it is called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate. And it is written by Zareda Cordova. Uh, for my brother Danilo J. Cordova, I have nothing left to teach you, young Padawan. And it's a t- 2019 book, and it takes place in Galaxy's Edge. And the gist of it, obviously this is a heavy advertisement for Black Spire Outpost and Galaxy's Edge, and I love me some Galaxy's Edge. I think it is one of the most magical places I've ever been to. So anything that had Galaxy's Edge in the title, I was like, give it to me. But what we have here is a, I guess I would call it a teen novel. It's a teen novel. It's not an adult novel. If I remember correctly, oh, I got to remember. I'm not sure. I either ordered this on Amazon or I found it in Barnes and Nobles uh, in the teen section. I think I found this in the teen section. But what makes this book interesting, again, it's not, I don't not like it and I don't not not like it. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's not fully capturing my interest, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to kind of reading it. And it's probably has something to do with how long it's been taking me to read. Uh, but the gist of this, and I'm not quite finished it, um, it goes back and forth between two characters. Izzy, female character, and Jules, a male character. And the gist of it is Izzy and Jules are childhood friends that grew up on Black Spire Outpost, or at least the outskirts of Black Spire Outpost. And one day, Izzy's family leaves Black Spire Outpost. And when you grew up on Black Spire Outpost, you just didn't leave. It was kind of like a farm culture. You know, you stayed and you farmed and you lived until you died. But her family up and left. And then they never saw each other again for a long time. Fast forward, and I'll give you the small summary. I'm not going to give you every detail of this because I'm not quite done. Uh, Izzy finds herself part of a gang. Uh, She gets thrown out of the gang. She gets a job. The job brings her to Batu. She has to deliver a parcel to Doc Ondor. Doc Ondor is the Ithorian. He's been mentioned in uh, uh, Delilah S. Dawson's Black Spire Outpost. Uh, I saw him myself in Galaxy's Edge, at least his... uh, Den of Antiquities. It's kind of like a little shop. And 
she runs into her old pal Jules, and they sort of have a rekindling. So we have a story that goes back and forth. Izzy has a past that she's not quite proud of. Jules is a farm boy, and he's looking to go away. Um, they seem to be getting themselves into a misadventure on Galaxy's, uh, at Galaxy's Edge in this book. There's a little talk of the First Order occupation on Galaxy's Edge. There's a, they just I'm on Chapter 14, and they just mentioned the Resistance. So this is very much a, a can, and this this is kind of what interests me about the book is that it is very much a contained story. It doesn't really connect right now. It has not yet made connections with the broader Star Wars universe. Yes, we know it takes place at Galaxy's Edge. We know the resistance is there because of Black Spire Outpost and Delilah S. Dawson and the fact that I was there and I saw Ray and we high-fived and shook hands and all that good stuff. But this book hasn't yet to mention it. So now that I'm more than halfway done this book, I am very interested in finishing this book. So by next week, I should have this done. Uh, I look forward to finishing it out. It's a little dramatic. There's a lot of, you know, character drama in this book, which is fine, and I'm cool with that. It's good good for me. Again, it's new characters. If you're not into new characters, then I guess you shouldn't be reading any of these books because that's exactly what books are for. They're, they're meant to build up new characters and whatever. So definitely check out Star Wars Galaxy's Edge of Crash of Fate. Um, I don't have any excerpts to read from you yet. I'll save that all for next week and then i will tell you how it connects to the larger uh universe that is you know star wars bookland and connecting it to the film so stay tuned for that but that's what i've been reading the past x amount of weeks star wars galaxy's edge a crash of fate now moving on i first experienced a Star Wars virtual reality immer full immersion uh, when I went to Disney with family a couple Augusts ago. Not last August, but I think the previous August. It, because, it was, yes, it was a couple years ago because my daughter was one and she will be three this year. So, yeah. And I went with my brother-in-law, Dan, to Disney Springs, to The Void, where they had Secrets of the Empire. And this was the best VR experience I've ever been a part of. And I think I've talked about it before on podcast, I think. Uh, but if I haven't, or if this is a repeat, I apologize. Skip ahead 30 seconds. Visor on, like normal, headset on, visor. What am I in a country club? Headset on, tactical vest, weapon, and when you're in your headset, you're seeing the environment unfold in front of you, which I think was really cool. So you're wireless, you're moving through rooms. I might as well have been going back and forth. You actually don't know. But I remember physically moving through rooms. I remember um, linking up with a friend. Not even a friend. Linking up with a, a, a dude who was just there <laughs> to have fun. And he was going to go by himself. And I'm like, well, why don't you come with us? Because I hear that it's a 
immersive experience. And why don't you, you know, like, like just do it. And so he was like, okay. And thank God he did because it made the experience 10 times better to sort of, uh, it's a four player cooperative experience. But in this case, we had three and you're, you're firing at stormtroopers and you're infiltrating and there's a Vader appearance. And that was the most real virtual reality experience I've ever had. And I loved it. It's only about a 30-minute ex experience, though. Like t 10 minutes of movie, 20 minutes of actual gameplay, which is fine, in my opinion. You know, like, that's, that's okay. I think I paid 30 bucks for it or whatever. Now let's fast forward to a consumer-grade virtual reality experience using the Oculus Quest. Or, uh, it first came out with the Oculus Quest, which fetch a high price on the aftermarket. And later on, Oculus Rift S. Now... I'll, I'll be the first to admit, this Oculus Rift that I use is not mine. It's actually my school's, and it's our test unit, meaning uh, before we push it out to our VR lab, in which we do have a full-fledged 9 to 10 computer VR lab, Dave knows, uh, we often test it on a smaller rig before doing all the work to push it out to 10 computers. It's a pain in the butt to have to test something on, uh, you know, on the big rigs, and then they don't work. So... The, this headset, I, I, re I recommended the school. I said, I think we should get this. It's, it's no sensors. It's all built in. It's $400. Uh, it is Facebook, you know, Facebook owned, it's Oculus owned. Um, but it should work well. And man, uh, did that gamble pay off because between the controllers and this, I gave a virtual reality uh, speech presentation last December about how Mercy uses VR in their labs, in their academics. It was like a half hour, 45 minute presentation. I brought this rig with me. I brought my rig. I mean, it was, it was awesome. So good. You know, I had the, the gaming laptop. It hooks up to it really well. But it runs Vader Immortal. And again, I'm running this from my custom PC. I was able to stream it. Vader Immortal Episode 1 was one of my first VR streams back in, I don't know, last July maybe? Maybe almost a year ago. I think I said that about 10, 10 to 11 months ago. Very vanilla stream, very ugly looking. Uh, same great guy, terrible looking stream. And I had a lot of fun with it. A lot of technical difficulties, of course, as, as anything with VR. Uh <clears throat> So I don't know why I just I just felt like finishing out the story last two Saturdays ago, and was like, hey, let's bring the VR stream back, and it ended up actually the stream was very active. I think we had nine to ten people, maybe eleven at some points. We had I think seven last Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, which was a lot of fun. Each one of these episodes cost ten dollars. I believe that that is a fair price for the amount of entertainment I got. I spend about 45 to 60 minutes inside this experience. Now, are you tethered? Yes. Uh, if you have a big room, like I have a big room, a six and a half by six and a half foot room, you can move around and wander and do what you think. As shown on my last stream where I was out of frame, out of camera frame for like 25 minutes and I didn't even notice and it's hilarious. But what I loved about Vader Immortal Episode 2 is that obviously, and Smack Mics, that's correct, uh, is 
the story, believe it or not. I mean, first off, the tech behind it is is wow. The environments are beautiful. The character voice acting is superb. Just superb. Everything about it is wonderful. Is just wonderful. So what is the story about? You are traveling through hyperspace. You get pulled out of hyperspace. Allegedly, you are Force-sensitive. You have the blood of this family called Cordova. You get brought to Mustafar. Uh, Vader tasks you with getting this thing called the Bright Star. The Bright Star is a power source of the Mustafarians. Uh, if not handled correctly, it could suck the life of the Mustafarians, from what I understand. Vader wants to use it to bring back Padme. Lots of things going on. So, in episode one, and I'm going to be hazy on this, you sort of become Vader's apprentice. You get a lightsaber. There's a couple things. It's cool. You climb. There's a lot of things going on. But essentially, nothing really happens. You know, you get put on the mission to find the Bright Star. In the second episode, which was only a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, we, we open back up. Um, Vader is now training you, right? Because it, we, we end with Vader giving you the mission. Vader is now training you. you. You learn how to use the Force. You get to pull objects close to you. You get to push objects away. You don't even get a lightsaber until more than halfway through, which was really cool. So there's a lot of, you know, movement and things like that. You're running away from a Rancor, like a four-armed Rancor is ridiculous. It was scary. Uh, eventually, you get to the point where, you know, Vader gets the Bright Star, and now you need to stop him from using it. So you get you amass this arm. Uh, well, you get to a point where the leader of the Mustafarians is like, well... You need to lead this army against Vader and get that Bright Star back. Because if you don't, we're all going to die. It left off with a great cliffhanger. I would have been pissed off if Episode 2 ended and Episode 3 didn't come out for a while. Thank God that I only had to wait one week. So, by Episode 3, it literally uh, it jumps off exactly where it ended, which I, which I loved. Very small reminder, sort of like a recap. It then... You start controlling this army, which was fine. Little waves of the lightsaber, which was really cool. Um, but the bread and butter of this episode was the skiff, where you've got three stormtroopers shooting at you. You can deflect them with your lightsaber. You can pull them with the force and then knock them back into each other and explode their little skiffs and stuff. But what was a surprise and I didn't know right away is that when you pulled the lightsaber, they dropped their gun and then you could actually use the force to pull their gun to you and then start firing away at them. So at, at multiple points in this episode, I was pushing the stormtroopers away, getting their gun, deflecting bullets, the laser bolts with my lightsaber, and then firing on them with their own weapon and throwing thermal detonators and battling a TIE fighter. And just everything about it between the battle with Vader was just awesome. But what was really cool... Again, and this is storyline, is that, yes, Vader activates the Bright Star, and he's trying to bring Padme back. And there's, like, a moment where Padme's body is sort of coming back. And then there's a moment in time where everything freezes. And Vader's attacking you. And you're defending him and defending him, and then time stops. And 
the male Cordova, I think. I don't, you know, I'm not really familiar with all the names. Says, like, you have to make a choice right now. You can either fight him and die, and then everybody dies on this planet. You can destroy that bright star right now. I only have enough strength for you to decide now. And, of course, the game is going to force you to put your lightsaber into that bright star, which breaks the the lightsaber, which was, by the way, a very cool-looking lightsaber. Sort of Arthurian, looked like an old sword with a cross guard. The kyber crystal was suspended in air. And when you lit it, there was like a delay, and then it fired off blue, blue-white lightning streaks. And then one of the best uh, the detail features is when you deactivated the lightsaber, it showed smoke coming off of it, which I thought was a really, really cool feature. So you defeat, well, you, you blow up the bright star... Time starts moving again. Vader misses you. You kind of step back. He says, you know, you, what did you do? And then he comes after you and he raises his lightsaber and then everything goes black. And I tell you, I, I flinched because I thought I was getting hit in the face. I thought I was getting clubbed by Vader and it was, I wasn't going to be happy about it. So now there's a sequence of animations that's playing. And, and in each episode, there was a beautiful artistic animation track that played. Think Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows when they're explaining the the Elder Wand and the, the stone, the Resurrection Stone, and the Invisibility Cloak in that cool ink type of graphic. Uh, so that's the type of animation that was happening. But what was cool is that with the bright star destroyed and re- returned to Mustafar, Mustafar could start healing from all the the years of death and destruction and lava. And although it'll take a lot of time, eventually uh, there will be trees and shrubbery and and it will heal itself. Fast forward many years, many years, 55 years is my estimate to the rise of Skywalker. And Kylo Ren, opening scenes, is on a planet that... I've said this before, we didn't recognize right away because it didn't look like Mustafar because there were trees, there was was people living there. It seemed like a normal place. It seemed like a snowy place, but that wasn't. That was ash. That was the the, the lava sort of uh, healing itself, for lack of a better scientific term. And that had everything to do with Vader Immortal. So again, it's a small connection, but I just love the fact, and I was so surprised, I was so pleased with that small connection. They made ILM X-Lab relevant to the main Skywalker saga, and I think that is really cool. I give Vader Immortal 9 out of 10 on a scale of 10. My one drawback to Vader Immortal is the movement system. It is a traditional VR system to where you push the the, uh, directional button up and it beams you. But instead of smoothly walking, everything cuts out black and then it comes back. And it's very fast and it's not a big deal. But I want to experience a virtual reality game where I can just kind of use my directional stick and move through the area without having to you know, cut on and cut off, so to speak. So, highly recommend. First off, get a VR headset if you don't have one. They're really fun. 
they're gimmicky. You know, they don't work perfectly. Most of the time, you'll have to reset or restart. There's a lot of things going on in a VR headset. Um, but I'm looking for it. I, I can't wait to see what Galaxy's Edge's Tales from the Galaxy look like. ILM by XLab did a wonderful job on Vader Immortal. I can't wait to bring you my full review and experience of Tales from Galaxy's Edge, the new VR experience coming out soon. Super excited for it. Super excited for it. Uh, but with that, that ends our In the Galaxy segment, and I hope you enjoyed the mystery box that is In the Galaxy and we'll catch you on the other side. Well, friends, we've come to the end of episode 22, and I hope you've enjoyed the content so far. Uh, in this particular episode, we started out with a somber moment, a moment of reflection, a moment that, for me, I needed to, to make a statement to explain uh, how I feel about the Black Lives Matter movement, and I hope that this hasn't deterred you from my podcast. I hope that uh, we can learn and listen together. But on episode 22, we covered a lot of things in the hyperspace spot, including the High Republic release dates, Galaxy's Edge VR experience, a Thrawn preview with audiobook, Stormtroopers patrolling Disney Springs, and a potential of Ezra Bridger coming to a Disney Plus series. Finishing up, in the galaxy, we talked about a crash of fate and some summary plot points. We finished up with our Vader Immortal review. And that's a wrap for episode 22. I want to thank, thank you for listening. I want to thank everybody on Twitch for uh, listening to me rant and rave about Star Wars and all the goodness that it brings us. Uh, I do hope that these podcasts are enjoyable. I do hope that the live stream is enjoyable. As always, please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, at the MRC Tech, on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash MRC Tech. Uh, we stream games, too. We don't just do Star Wars. I find myself to be more active in a variety of different things. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Red 5 Network. Make sure you follow at Red 5 Network on Twitter, uh, hashtag Red 5 Family. Again, I thank you for listening in. I look forward to bringing you more Star Wars by the MRC Tech next week for episode 23. It is June 8th, everybody. I hope you have a great, a great week, great day, whatever you decide to listen to this. And as always, as they say, in a galaxy far, far away, may the Force be with you. Star Wars by MRC Tech, created by Sean, found on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, can be streamed from mrctechllc.com. Follow Sean and MRC Tech on all the socials. Search out MRC Tech and you will surely find them. Catch all the exciting Star Wars action in a podcast form. But don't forget, MRC Tech also streams content like games and Lego builds and is also a tech specialist. Reach out if you ever need help. Music provided by Incompetech, the Baltic House Orchestra, Pandemics, and ChillHop.com. Copyrighted 2020. Cheers, and may the Force 
be with you.